Welcome back to this week's episode of the Game Boys. This is your hosts, Jamin and Tim. This week we're coming at you with Xbox, Xbox buying Bethesda Studios, Oculus Quest and Oculus Quest 2, Amazon's gaming service called Luna, and some other topics. This week... uh, might not be as packed as previous, but it's still going to be a good one. Hey, Jamin, how's it going? Hey, man, I'm doing good. How about you? I am doing just PG. Okay, this week, uh, I mean, right off the bat, uh, Microsoft buying Bethesda. That's a pretty big one. Indeed. Seven point five billion dollars to put that in perspective you know how much uh disney bought star wars for it was something around four four billion yep 4.06 billion dollars that is 3.45 or 3.44 billion dollars less than uh than um what Microsoft bought Bethesda for, which is crazy. Because, I mean, Bethesda is a class, like, has some pretty classic games out there. Uh, more so being, like, the Elder Scrolls series and um, Fallout. But, uh, but yeah, so, uh, so let's get right into this. I'll let, I'll let you kick things off here on your end with Bethesda, some Bethesda news. All right, yeah. So, um, you know, I'm yeah. So Bethesda has definitely had a, a rocky road recently, uh, especially with you know Fallout seventy six not doing very well and um, just kind of coming off as very incompetent. So um, right now is when Bethesda really needs to step up and kind of start showing what made them great in the first place. And I think you know the acquisition with Xbox kind of works out perfectly because in some respects, they're both companies that um, have reputations that have been a little bit tarnished. So um, hopefully together uh, they can um, sort of, you know, build up their reputations back. Um, and, you know, seven, seven point four, seven point five billion dollars $7.5 billion is uh, just a ridiculous amount of money to spend um, on an acquisition. However, this acquisition was major. Um, they weren't just, you know, getting the rights for Fallout and Skyrim or, you know, Elder Scrolls. They were getting all of Bethesda. So this is a lot, but I just want to run down a little bit of a list of what they acquired um, in this acquisition. So they acquired Bethesda Softworks, which is the major publisher. So they acquired them. And then they also uh, acquired Bethesda Game Studios. So this is like their A-team. This is, you know, what put them on the map. This is their core studio um, right in their home of uh, Maryland. So in in Bethesda, Maryland. So uh, the games here from Bethesda Game Studios are like Fallout 76, Elder Scrolls, um, their new game that's coming out, Starfield, which looks to be one of the biggest sci-fi games, apparently to them, one of the biggest sci-fi games ever. So uh, hopefully that lives up to all the hype. Um, But so they own Bethesda Game Studios, They also own id Software, um, who's known for recently Doom. Now, Doom's obviously an old franchise, but it's kind of been revitalized and it's extremely popular again. So they own Doom. Uh, Also, Rage. Rage 1 was a great game. I started Rage 2 and it was okay. Kind of, for me, lost a little bit of what made made Rage 1 good. Um, But that's still a series under their belt. Um, And also Wolfenstein. Um, again, another classic series. Also one of those series that's kind of gone down a little bit in quality. Um, but all of those are just major games, especially Doom, um, paving the way for first-person shooters. Um, so another huge um, buy from Microsoft and id Software. Um, we also have ZeniMax Online Studios, which has Elder Scrolls Online and Fallout 76. Um, not too much really to say there. Uh, Arcane. So Arcane's a big one. Um, so Arcane, they have Dishonored, which um, well, you know, was their new series. 
um, that they created a, an assassin. Uh, you play as an assassin in those games, and those games are stylistically really cool um, and really fun games. So Dishonored, they also made Prey. Um, the new kind of reboot wasn't really based at all off of the original concept. Um, and then their new game, which surprisingly enough, um, Microsoft is still um, allowing the deal to go through. So their new game, Deathloop, <coughs> excuse me, Deathloop, is uh, still going to be on PlayStation first um, for a little bit of time. So it seemed that Microsoft wasn't really too worried about this game and, uh, you know, still let PlayStation keep it. Um, you know, they didn't want to spend extra money buying them out of, you know, that contract when, I mean, I'm sure that game will be cool, but it's not, you know, huge like Elder Scrolls. Um, and then they also made Wolfenstein Youngblood, which um, that's the Wolfenstein game that kind of uh, dropped down a little bit. Also, the, um, the studio that helped them with that was Machine Games. Um, they helped Arcane with uh, Wolfenstein Youngblood. So now Microsoft owns them as well. Um, going down to the last couple, Tango Gameworks, The Evil Within, um, the horror series, the, the couple of games that did really well, along with the other game, the new game, Ghostwire Tokyo. Um, and that is another game that's going to the PlayStation first, um, just because Microsoft is, you know, letting that deal kind of ride out. Um, and then they also own Alpha Dog, which is a small studio um, just made for mobile games. Um, and then Roundhouse Studios, which um, formerly used to be Human Head, and they made the original Prey. So, um, yeah, a, lot, a big list. I'm hoping with the, with the Roundhouse Studios, I'm hoping maybe we can see that Prey 2 that we never got. Um, I would love that. But, yeah, so that was kind of a long list. But uh, Microsoft spent big money, and they got big returns. Definitely, definitely. Um... Yeah, I mean, another one that uh, that I mean, we haven't had a really release date uh, is Elder Scrolls Six, which wasn't that teased uh, a year or two ago at one of the events, either uh, Xbox or PlayStation. Um, yeah, so it was announced two uh, two years ago at Bethesda's E3 showcase, where they also showed off Starfield. Um, the reason that they showed these was just because, you know, they were making Fallout 76 and that was, um, an online only game, um, which is very different from what they're usually making. So they kind of wanted to reassure people that they were still working on single player deep RPGs. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely their Elder Scrolls and, uh, I think is the main front runner for Bethesda. Uh, so they got a lot going just with that, even. Uh, and with Fallout, um, I mean, I know recently they've done kind of a remapping of Fallout 76, uh, which has made it better. Um, I mean, they also own Obsidian, uh, who owns Fallout um, New Vegas. So maybe they'll make, uh, I don't know, a new fallout either new vegas 2 um or who knows um maybe a new fallout in general uh i mean outer worlds was kind of a, a little more cartoony version uh of a fallout game but you know who knows i mean i never really played uh a fallout game i just i mean i've, I've watched people play i've watched playthrough of it uh, but yeah Fallout and uh, Elder Scrolls two big uh, runner ups that they Microsoft just acquired it's going to be uh, it's, the future of gaming is going to be definitely interesting so that is definitely one of the bigger uh, well known titles of, um, of a gaming world for studios is uh Bethesda yeah you know for sure I mean uh, it was looking pretty bleak for Microsoft I mean show after show with PlayStation we were just getting more and more hyped and not that people aren't hyped you know we're, we're still hyped but um, 
you know, this is a big deal for Microsoft. Now people kind of feel like Microsoft actually has a chance again. Um, you know, they have so many big studios now um, making a lot of games and I don't want to go on, um, on a huge tangent, but I do kind of want to talk a, a little bit about some of the games that they have, you know, not just Bethesda, but also just in general um, now that they can kind of compete with PlayStation because with PlayStation, we were getting Spider-Man two eventually uh, miles Morales. We're getting Godfall and God of war and horizon Two, death loop and Ghostwire Tokyo. So we were getting big games. Um, but now with, with uh, the Bethesda acquisition on top of everything um, now we have some really big games. So, um, you know, just kind of a little list of just, the, I don't want to list all of these because it's humongous, but at least just some of the bigger ones to, to me or maybe, and maybe to you, um, but just to me personally, um, some of the big ones just from Xbox game studios themselves is, you know, three, four, three studios with halo. Yeah. Um, and then obviously all the, you know, the Bethesda games, we got the big Bethesda games like elder scrolls and fallout. Um, and then, you know, Hellblade was another one that, um, that Microsoft was heavily teasing as a big game for their platform. Yeah. Um, Obsidian, like you mentioned, we have, you know, Outer Worlds, which um, it did really well, you know, even for being a small game. We also have a big game coming from them, Avowed, um, oh, which yeah. is actually pretty crazy because people were calling that, you know, the Elder Scrolls, you know, the, the, uh, the game to compare to Elder Scrolls, but now Microsoft has both. Yeah. Um, so it's pretty interesting. And, and actually I was, we were talking about it a little bit before, um, you know, me and you personally, when we were talking about how they have, you know, Xbox now is one of the, the main markets for RPG. RPGs. Yep. Um, they just have so much stuff avowed and they have the Elder Scrolls and Fallout now. Uh, Fable is a huge franchise that hasn't been around for a while. Yeah. Um, also Rare. Rare is a big studio and the new game Everwild looks mm -hmm. to be a little bit in the essence of um, of Breath of the Wild, um, Legend of Zelda. So a game yeah. kind of like that is something that I've been looking forward to for a while. The Initiative, um, the new studio that opened up back in 2018, supposedly, su excuse me, supposedly working on some super secret quadruple A game. Um, that's rumored to be a perfect dark spinoff or sequel. Hmm. Um, and then, yeah, that those are, you know, and obviously Forza and stuff like that. But, you know, now, I don't know. Now I think Xbox kind of has not, I don't know if I'd say a full leg up, but I think now Bethesda can, I mean, excuse me, Microsoft can really compete with what, I don't know, PlayStation has to offer. Yeah, I think part of their thing is why they i mean granted playstation game does have a lot our playstation games have a lot of good uh playstation exclusives i think that's almost microsoft is i wouldn't say scared to do but like i feel like they need to make more of their games or more of the games that some of their studios uh that they own make them just xbox because then it gives it and almost an exclusiveness be like okay xbox does have some of these good exclusives because like the ps4 has so many good exclusives already going for it like you have the new horizon zero uh or not zero dawn but the new horizon game you have final fantasy 16 you have uh miles morales and on godfall like all all these uh like good exclusives and yeah you, you're not gonna get obviously them on xbox but xbox could have its own version and does have a few of its own exclusives like halo and forza and uh, i believe fabled but like you said like fabled hasn't been around for a while halo last game they launched was in 2013 uh Forza's last game was Horizon, I believe, 4, or maybe Motorsport 7. and But that was still, like, two years ago. Um, and if they just honestly made – if they did make Fall – like, they're not Fallout, but uh, Elder Scrolls uh, and even Fallout, like, Xbox, Xbox exclusive, it would really give them that leg up for, uh, like, exclusive, uh, like, 
no other way to put it other than yeah, like it would be it would make it more appealing. Yeah, no, totally. Um but actually it's it's interesting that you bring that up cuz it's kind of a um I guess a little bit of a dilemma because Xbox recently has been really touting themselves as being very um I guess open if you will, uh just being very accepting and basically, you know, yeah, you can buy the Series X if you want to, but you're not forced to. Uh Game Pass being just such a good deal. I mean, all yeah. the new games coming out are on Game Pass and they they really have built up uh, uh they've established that they're a very uh, you know player friendly um game company and it's interesting because sony really takes the the other side of the coin they really are like you know oh you want to play some of these games well you got to buy our new hardware and you have to you know and you the exclusives you get are only on playstation you can't get them on xbox so it's interesting you know to bring up the exclusivity because you know while you know microsoft they don't you know pay 7.5 billion dollars to not make exclusives you know not to not make the big games like elder scrolls and fallout exclusive um but at the same time are they kind of going against what they have been building up right now right because playstation has been just buying up all these you know all these games and saying oh you know all this time to exclusivity and and even you know even though it's making people say well yeah i mean obviously i'm going to have to buy a ps5 but in some people's eyes it doesn't really make them look very you know gamer or consumer friendly um it kind of is making them look a little bit bad i don't know at least to me a little bit so i don't know if you know microsoft wants to kind of go down that route after establishing all this time that they're you know so open and friendly and then to just lock just tons of games behind xbox you know, granted, again, like I said, you don't pay all that money just to let PlayStation, you know, still get all these games. But at the same time, if they did let the games go to PlayStation as well, they're just collecting the money that goes to PlayStation as well. And they're losing out on the money that they would make if, if games went to PlayStation. So it's kind of an interesting dilemma as far as, you know, are they just going to make all these games exclusive or are they kind of going to go a more passive route? and um, maybe just make some of the huge ones exclusive. So, I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, no, no definitely. Um, I, I was looking for it because I, I didn't watch it, but I heard it. But um, Microsoft's head of gaming uh, and Xbox, Phil Spencer, uh, just, I'm just reading this off of, um, off of an article, has revealed that the company sees Amazon and Google as its main competition for the future. Speaking in an interview with newly launched technology publication Protocol, Spencer dismissed Sony and Nintendo's ability to create a cloud infrastructure that will that'll challenge Microsoft, Google, or Amazon. He says, when you talk about Nintendo and Sony, we have a ton of respect for them, but we see Amazon and Google as our main competitors going forward, Spencer says. That's not to disrespect Nintendo and, and Sony, but the traditional gaming companies are somewhat out of position. I guess they could try to recreate Azure, uh, but we're invest- we've invested tens of billions of dollars in cloud over the years. Microsoft has been realigning its gaming efforts for a future far beyond the Xbox console. The software giant's big effort now involves reaching billions of players around the world with cloud gaming. Google has already launched its Stadia service, and Microsoft is trialing its own cloud streaming service that is set to launch later this year. Spencer has previously discussed the threat of Amazon and Google as competitors but not in such clear terms. He has also previously stated that Microsoft's gaming business isn't how many consoles you sell. He acknowledges this further by noting that Microsoft isn't interested in getting into a future format war with Nintendo and Sony. I don't want to be in a fight over format wars with those guys while Amazon and Google are focusing on how to get seven, how to get gaming to 7 billion people around the world, Spencer says in the protocol interview. Ultimately, that's the goal. So right there... He's pretty much, again, he's saying no, he means no disrespect, but he's pretty much saying, Nintendo, Sony, you think we're in our three-way war still, but we've moved on to that. We've moved on to bigger things. In in a way, that's what he's saying. And he's saying that Amazon and Google's cloud service is their main rivals currently, which makes sense because they were they're trying to get their games, like, because 
as he's not he's saying our goal isn't to sell consoles but what he's not saying is our goal is to get people to be paying our xbox game pass ultimate which i mean it's a great service and for the price of it along with what like again like what you get it's an amazing service for only $15 a month um I mean, and with the acquisition of Bethesda Studios, um, you know, that will add even more more games onto their um, Game Pass, um, which is just like, it's expanding, you know, on the regular pretty big. Now it's it's got a bunch of Microsoft's first party, um, or is it first party? I think it's first party. Um, I think that's the term. Yeah. Um, it's got the Halo games. It has, I believe, the Forza games or some of the Forza games. It has now some of the Elder Scrolls. I think it has Fallout 4. Um, it has the Fabled games. It has Gears. You know, the other main, the main reason why you go to Xbox. Um, and they're, they're just putting that out to everyone. So you could have a PS4, but if you have, say, you have uh, an Android phone, you know, you can still play Xbox. If you pay that $15 a month, you can get that xCloud, still play the exclusive games like Halo and Gears uh, and like Forza. Because um, really their, their goal isn't to, again, like you said, not sell consoles and make money that way, but to get gaming to all the 7.3 billion people in this world, you know, that have phones. I mean, granted, not everyone has a phone, but that's their goal is to get, spread that out to the world uh, before or at the same time that Amazon and Google are doing it, but they're trying to do it better. Yeah, um, I think you make, you know, uh, you basically, you know, said it all, um, you know, really well. And, and, it's so true that, you know, um, you know, gaming has evolved and, and entertainment and movies and TV has changed. I mean, um, streaming is huge. I mean, I don't know very many people who don't have at least one of the major streaming services like Netflix and Hulu and Amazon. Um, and so that really is the way of the future. And I think, you know, Phil Spencer, he really did say it well, because um, in the end, you know, it's, things have changed like and I think PlayStation is still very old school and so is Nintendo is very old school how you know this is the physical box and we want you to have the physical box and we would love for you to have the physical games you know it's just very an old school mentality of okay let's get as many consoles out as we can let's get as many you know games out as we can and of course you know they have their digital console as well so I'm not saying that they're not digital but I'm just saying like they have a very old school you know, early 2000s way of looking at it. Whereas Xbox is like, look, like we're still, we're still in the game. You know, we still have our hard, you know, physical copies and we still have our actual box. Um, But it's all about streaming. I mean, the ease and um, just the reliability of streaming. I mean, everybody uses it. So, I mean, and the portability. Yeah. The portability and, and how convenient it is. Um, And it's just, you know, it's nice, you know, it's nice to have, all these, all these video games or all these shows or all these movies right at your fingertips. Um, yeah. And it's a cool experience. And that's what Xbox wants. They want, you know, of course they want to make their money by, you know, not only just selling their consoles and their games, but also they're trying to get you to buy their subscriptions because that's what it's all about nowadays. It's all about the subscription services. It's all about the convenience. It's all about the reliability. Um, and, and, you know, him pointing out that, Amazon was Amazon and Google are, you know, starting to become his, you know, Xbox's main competitors um, is really kind of saying a lot about Xbox and Microsoft's, you know, new business model and how, you know, they've, they, and they kind of do have a leg up already because like he had mentioned in his art, in that article that you read that he had been, Microsoft has already been investing uh, millions and millions of dollars into cloud streaming services and doing that so they they already know you know they've seen the trends of entertainment 
and they're following the same way. And I think in the end, even if PlayStation, you know, outsells them in consoles, um, you know, you can play, you can own a PS5 and play Xbox games on your phone, you know? So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's the main goal is just getting as many people as possible to play your games, even if they don't have your console. So, yeah, I think Xbox, honestly, I think Xbox is doing it right. I don't know. No, they, they definitely are. Um, like, I'm not, not going to lie. Like, I mean, I think I've mentioned this in a previous episode, but, uh, but like, if I, if I hadn't recently upgraded my phone and I was due for an upgrade uh, and I have the information that I know now, I'm not sure if I would pick my iPhone again because as great and I love the iPhone and I, and like I love the ecosystem but more and more I see myself being kind of drawn away from their ecosystem um I mean iMessages I love that you know uh but you know my AirPods they're not great um I am looking currently at replacing them with something different. I'm looking at maybe the Google Buds um, Plus, uh, and I'm looking at, um, I mean, like Google every couple years launches their new Pixel lineup, and uh, they recently just launched the Pixel 4a, which uh, I don't know if you you follow up on the Google Pixel phones, but uh, since the since their last one, the three. They've been releasing an A, which is a cheaper version. So, like right now, you could buy a Pixel 4A for 350 bucks off of Amazon, um, which you can then run uh, Xbox, XCloud. You could run uh, Stadia. I'm sure you could run the Amazon, maybe not Amazon yet. Um, I know that Amazon was saying maybe that Android is coming soon. I mean, we'll get into that later. Um, we have that in the lineup, but like, it's almost tempting just to buy a Google pixel 4a just for even one on Wi-Fi. say, I'm, say, you know, you're at a buddy's house or you're at, you know, your cousin's house or you're even, just even say you're in bed and you want to play a game without having to, you know, turn your TV on, get your console ready. Um, you can just get your phone, almost like a like the old iPod touches, put it connected to your controller on the Wi-Fi and just play. And that's so tempting because three hundred for three hundred fifty bucks, you get this iPod-like situation that you can play games on on your phone and for another 80 or 100 bucks you can get um the razor uh kishki i believe it's called or kisa or kiosk whatever it is uh that goes on the end of the phone and makes it a nintendo switch style little gaming thing with um with however the big the screen is like a 4.9 or 5.5 but um but like that's so tempting because it combines some of your bigger console games on a portable platform that is just so good it has such good like not that again not the like switch or something doesn't have like triple a games but it has games that you can't get on switch and when you add it all up the 350 with the 100 you know you get to 4 450 you're getting to the price of a console but you can then you can take this with you, and yeah, it won't boast as good graphics as say the Series X or PlayStation uh, Five will. But again, you get you trade those graphics for portability, and it's it's honestly just something like I was thinking of. And if I was to go back and get a new different phone, I'd probably end up by getting the Note Twenty. In all honesty. Yeah, I mean, honestly, the name of the game nowadays is accessibility, really. Yeah. Yeah, it's it is crazy like like yeah, like again, I 
really enjoy like playing my games. I it's like my music. I like my music where I want it, when I want it, how I want it. Um, and I the same with my gaming. I want it when I want it, where I want it, and how I want it. And that's wherever I am and feel like playing a game, that's the where. Uh, when is, again, I guess whenever I want to. And then how? Just portably. So that kind of, that covers everything there. Um, you know, and nowadays you have like headphones or earbuds that are getting pretty close to the same latency as gaming headsets now. Um, and even that you can buy gaming, I believe, I think Razer sells uh, a wireless, truly wireless gaming uh, earbuds. So if you really put the whole package together, you get um, you know you you get a good uh, get a pretty solid um, solid lineup. Yeah, it's um, oh, so you can actually buy them as a bundle. You can buy the uh, Kishi controller for Xbox plus the Hammerhead True Wireless Bluetooth earbuds for mobile gaming. Uh, for 190 bucks, so you add the 200 bucks on top of 350, and you have yourself a gaming setup right there for 550 bucks, which is portable. It's you know you barely notice it. Say you yeah you're even at work or you're on a somewhere where there's a public like Wi-Fi. Yeah, it might not be the best, so you might not be able to stream it. But again. Say you're at a buddy's house and he has his console and he's playing a game. You can jump on xCloud and you can play with him right there without having to bring a monitor, without having to bring your console. It's It truly is going to be an amazing thing and does make me wonder at what point are we going to get such good quality phones or even mobile devices that Xbox would be like, well, you know what? This year, we're not coming out with a console. We're coming out with a phone. And I know Microsoft has released phones in the past, but they're going to be like, this is the Xbox phone. This has, you know, whatever, 16 gigabytes of RAM. This has one terabyte of storage. It has this, you know what I mean? Like it, it's only a matter of time. Like I, I wouldn't give it much more than five years, ten years, maybe not. I mean, we're just getting next gen consoles of the Series X, but maybe not the one after that. But after that next next gen, I could see that being the case. By the time it comes to maybe like our kids. Yeah, I mean, it. I mean, that makes sense to me, you know, that, you know, that seems to be the way they're going. So why not just go all in and just make an Xbox laptop or an Xbox desktop that's just yeah. ridiculously powerful, you know? Yeah, it's just crazy. I mean, like, there are phones out now that are boasting practically PC statistics. And with the leap in recent RTX um, capabilities of the RTX uh, 360, 370, or 370, 380, and 380 Ti, you know, that was was the first time in, I think, 17 years that um, a graphics card has over and doubled in the next one up, Um, which just means how small then can they make the older ones with the technology available to put that into a phone so that we get, you know, games on a phone at 4K 120 or 4K at, you know, 200 frames per second or 240 frames per second, which is just absolutely mind-boggling because we already have some phones that will play games in 
at um, 120 frames per second at 4K. And that's that's insane. So. Alrighty. Well, since we're already pretty much going into it, uh, let's uh, let's jump into uh, talking about the Amazon Luna. Um, let's see. Let me get my list up here. Um, okay. How Amazon Luna's cloud gaming service compares to Stadia, XCloud, and GeForce Now. Um, so I'm going to be reading uh, uh, another article from The Verge. Uh, Amazon has just taken the wraps off its long rumored Amazon Luna, meaning the company is officially jumping into the cloud gaming ring, one that has become increasingly crowded over the past year. Google launched Stadia last November, NVIDIA's GeForce Now left beta in February, and Microsoft's cloud gaming offering formerly known as xCloud is included with a Game Pass Ultimate subscription, as of September 15th, though it only works with Android as of right now. The race is on to see which, if any, of those cloud gaming services takes off with customers, and each company is tackling cloud gaming in a slightly different way. If you're trying to better understand each service, we put this guide for you, together for you. Amazon Luna. Amazon Luna offers all-you-can-play access to different selections of games as part of separate channels, which sounds almost like a cable service, but at launch, you can only subscribe to one channel, but or Luna Plus, and only if you're accepted as an early access user. The only other channel announced so far is that is one that will have house exclusive Ubisoft games. And right now, you can't buy individual games on Luna. You can only play what's included in the bundles. Luna Plus will have an introductory price of $5.99 per month, while the Ubisoft channel is currently listed as coming soon does not have a price yet. Games will stream from Amazon's AWS, widely used cloud computing infrastructure with the promise of load, loading very quickly with no installation required on your part. And if you buy the custom $49.99 Luna controller offered to Luna early access users, you can connect it directly to those servers while you're playing, which Amazon claims will, be mean, uh, will mean less latency in gameplay than if you're using a controller of a Bluetooth connection such as an Xbox or PlayStation controller. Luna will be available on Mac, PC, Fire TV, and in a negotiable, and a notable, sorry, not negotiable, a notable distinction from its competitors on iPhone and iPad. The iOS version of Luna is a progressive web app, according to End Gadgets, a solution that allows Amazon to circumvent Apple's restriction, uh, restrictive Apple Store rules for cloud gaming apps. Games will run. Uh, a target of up to 1080p with 4K support coming soon. Some games, according to the Luna website. Um, they have about 50 games planned on each, both the Luna Plus and Ubisoft channel. Um, that number might be surprisingly easy to grow over time as the Luna runs on Windows servers and NVIDIA GPUs and Amazon's AWS Compute uh, Cloud. The developers can bring their existing Windows games over to those to get them running on Luna. It might be easier lift for developers than bringing Game Stadio, which requires developers to port their games to Linux so they can run on Google server hardware. And it doesn't hurt that plenty of companies have been bringing their console games to PC recently, including Sony. Luna will also have integrated integration with Twitch that lets users uh, to watch streams and start games they're watching others play but Amazon hasn't said when that might be available you can sign up now for a chance to try out the service in early access uh, and then has Google Stadia and then eventually we'll get to uh, xCloud um, I mean we've cut I mean Stadia and xCloud uh, aren't in all that new um, process so it's, we, we kind of know it better but I mean Amazon I'll be interested to see what games Amazon brings um, I mean I have a list here of what uh, what they're so far based on trailers and promo material what they're going to be having 
Um, Assassin's Creed Valhalla, Control, Resident Evil 7, Sonic Mania, Watch Dogs Legion, SteamWorld Dig 2, Yuka Lele and the Impossible Liar, Indivisible, Everspace, A Plague Tale, Innocence, Yoku's Island Express, Tennis World Tour 2, Grid, The Surge 2, Furry, Fury, Metro Exodus, Trials of Cold Steel 3, Rhyme, Res Infinite, Bloodstained, Ritual of the Night, and Brothers, A Tale of Two Sons. So not not that many, I would say, high-end games, apart from Assassin's Creed, um, maybe Resident Evil and Watch Dogs, uh, and maybe Metro Exodus. Um, but again, they said that that uh, game lineup is due to change uh, over time. Um, but Google Stadia is $9.99 per month for pro subscription. That lets you play regularly, changing lineup of games for free. Keep them as long as you pay the monthly fee. Stadia Pro also lets you play games you buy individually at up to 4K resolution, up from the 180 max resolution that's available to non-pro users. Um, we found that Destiny 2 and PUBG servers uh, pretty empty back in May. It's not clear if that will be the true for Amazon's Luna as well. Um, unlike Luna, Stadia platform also has some exclusive games and features made possible by the cloud and is building games for Stadia itself. Amazon hasn't said whether it will commit to its own game studios or server infrastructure to do something similar, but told reporters it's not focused on things like exclusives for Luna. Um, and then obviously uh, Stadia is available on a slightly different mix of platforms than Luna. You can have it on PC, Mac, Linux, Chrome OS, the Chromecast Ultra dongle for TVs, and certain Android phones, but no iOS support. Uh, and currently there are counted 88 games on the service as of this article being published. I mean, and then there's Microsoft's Game Pass Ultimate Streaming, which is xCloud. Uh, it's available in 22 countries, and you can stream more than 150 Xbox games from Microsoft data centers directly to your device. Uh, it plans to bring its cloud service game, uh, gaming service to PC at some point. Uh, it does. It is the highest out of all of them, coming in at $14.99 per month, but it has close to double the amount of games, if not over double the amount of games that Stadia has. There's another thing you should know about Microsoft's cloud gaming service. It's currently powered by Xbox One S hardware and Microsoft's data centers. That means the games you're playing might have worse graphics and slower load times than other cloud gaming services, which run on beefy servers. Even the best internet the world won't have the physical hardware in an Xbox One S load a game any faster. Though Microsoft plans to upgrade Siri, uh, to Series X hardware in its servers next year, which is pretty exciting because if that's the case, then games are going to be looking really nice. So, but I wish that it was on iOS that I could stream my Xbox games to my phone. Uh, who knows? Maybe they'll have a uh, a from your home console to your, your phone. Um, but but, uh, but what's your take on these uh, cloud gaming services, uh, uh, Jay? Uh, yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't really have uh, much else to say. I mean, you covered all the bases pretty well. Um, as far as me personally, I, I don't really use, um, I don't know that much cloud. I mean, I do use streaming services like Netflix and, and Amazon and Hulu. Um, uh, as far as gaming is concerned, I haven't really used any of them yet. I heard Stadia did really bad. So I know that that Stadia is trying to kind of fix its reputation. Hopefully the Luna, um, doesn't start out the gate bad either. Um, and who knows? I mean, maybe if, if one of these is, is really awesome and it seems, you know, like the price isn't too ridiculous and, you know, you're paying monthly for a subscription that's actually really good, um, 
then yeah, I'll totally be down, you know, to, to try one of them out. Um, and, you know, like we said, like, it's kind of, you know, the name of the game is going to be streaming and accessibility, but um, you know, even though, you know, some things have been around for a couple of years, streaming um, and especially gaming streaming is still, you know, in its infancy. I mean, we're still, it's still very new, you know, Google Stadia came out and it flopped horribly, but um, it was a stepping stone for everybody, not just Google. Um, and so, you know, this streaming of gaming is, is very new. Um, and I mean, of course, cause we've had things like Gamefly, but that, you know, that works very differently. It's kind of like old school Netflix. I don't know if you'd remember this, Tim, but um, yeah. Netflix used to be, you'd yeah, actually get the DVD. DVD. Yeah, yeah. You get the DVD mailed to you. And that's basically what Gamefly is, or at least was at a time. I don't know if maybe they're changed now, but um, you know, like I said before, things are very new. Um, and yeah, there's going to be some bumps in the road um, probably for the next few years. Um, so I'm not expecting really any of these streaming services to come out day one and be just absolutely perfect. Um, yeah. But, you know, I can see that they're investing a lot of time. All these companies are investing a lot of time um, and money into trying to research, um, you know, all the different alternatives that they could have with streaming. So, um, yeah, I think it's looking very interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, like, like, like we kind of mentioned before, you know, I, I wouldn't be too surprised if things really kind of moved away from consoles and kind of towards everyday devices that everyone uses, you know? Yeah. And I mean, I think that really brings um, what the gaming community kind of wants or ha has a good, a good uh, amount of, but just the being able to play together you know because that's really the goal in the end is just you know you want to be able to play with your buddy um or buddies or whatever um and you know this allows you to do that you know again like say say you you go on a trip or you go say like you and me fly somewhere somewhere that has wi-fi or you know we'll go to someone's house that has wi-fi we could play you know halo together on our phones from wherever we want with uh with either our lte or you know whether it be uh, a wi-fi connection but but yeah i mean like my phone is my phone, like, and I, yeah, I use it quite a bit for whatever it may be, like, whether it's maybe a, maybe it's even just, like, a, a little iPhone game app, or a mobile game, um, or maybe it's Netflix, or any kind of streaming show service, um, because really, that, that's gonna put everything that we might use on our phones, you have Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, you know, whatever streaming video service you want is on your phone as an app now. Then if they bring Xbox to your phone as well, then you have, for us at least, I mean, I know you have a PS4 as well, but that brings then our Xbox games to our phone. So it's almost to the point where, granted, again, they're using 1S um, hardware. I mean, but they say next year they're upgrading to Series X hardware. So that's still, even if we have to play 1S on our phones for a year, that's still good graphics because we play on 1X now, but, and it's not, I mean, it is faster, and, but still, it's still going to be a good experience for playing on a phone and playing wherever you want, that's a trade-off that I would be willing to make nine or eight, eight or nine out of 10 times. I'll be willing to trade graphics before, for portability. And I'm not saying like all the graphics, like I'm not saying like I want to play it. Like I'm not trying to play Halo while it's looking like Minecraft over here with like all this straight edges, but 
I'm, you know, even if it says, okay, so I can't play in the new graphics or the, you know, anniversary editions for Halo, it's not going to something not going to be something I complain about. I can still play the game perfectly fine. It's just it's crazy to think about. Yeah. No, things are changing a lot, you know. Yeah, and like you said, this is like, you know, kind of the this is well not kind of but this is the beginning uh I guess the kind of uh conception of cloud gaming and portable gaming and with phones again getting so much better and they already have that full screen display which are just already going to be amazing for gaming um and with the better battery lives and all that it's going to be it's going to definitely drain your phone battery but i mean hey it's this is an exciting time for the gaming community it's a lot of what we've been looking forward to i mean even not even necessarily our generation but the generation before us something that they've looked forward to of it's like saying to your grandparents like when they were our age saying hey your phone will be in the palm of your hand your whole phone and you'll have access to the whole internet or saying my phone has more storage and it has more um, power than what it took to send the first rocket into space. Like, it's crazy. So I can only imagine what, uh, what the future may hold for, for game streaming. Anything else you want to add before we move on to uh, to our next topic? Um, no, no, not too much. I mean, yeah, we covered all the bases. Things are changing. Um, you know, technology is just only becoming more and more powerful, and there's just different ways to play um, games, you know, and we're, you know, about to go into that right now, yet another way to play your games. Yeah. It comes to our next topic of uh, of the Oculus Quest. That is a, uh, I mean, VR in general has been a a pretty big thing. Um, and and I don't know since I think the Vive with like the first major one, uh, or maybe like the Oculus Rift, but that came out in like the. 2014 era um but i mean they just announced oculus uh just announced the quest 2 um i'll let you uh let you read off some some stuff i know you have their site pulled up uh so let's hear it all right yeah so um just some of the new stuff um you know, redesigned controllers, PC VR compatible, what they're claiming is an easy setup. Um, Let's see, some of the games that they have uh, include The Climb 2, Population 1. We're also getting Jurassic World Aftermath, uh, Beat Saber, which is super popular, Um, Echo VR, um, Phantom Covert Ops, uh, Five Nights at Freddy's Help Wanted, Vader Immortal Episode 3, and Robo Recall Unplugged. Um, and, you know, just being on their site and you can, like, hover over some of the games, um, there really is a lot of variety um, in VR. And it's, it's, you know, it's really interesting because, you know, 2014 wasn't all that long ago. And, you know, I remember a time when, you know, VR was very arcadey. Um, and it was very experimental, you know, the only time you'd ever see VR was literally like at an arcade. Um, and you know, it was so new that you'd, you know, use VR for, for 10 minutes and you'd be sick to your stomach. Um, but it's crazy just to see how far VR has come over the past few years, you know, alone. And it's really like viable, like VR is a big part of gaming now. And it's so 
uh, crazy just to think about that because of what it was, you know, back in the day. Um, So uh, there's something they're calling cinematic sound. Um, You can hear in all directions with built-in speakers that deliver cinematic 3D positional audio, um, which is pretty cool. Headset casting, bring friends along into VR world where you can cast directly on a compatible TV or on Mm -hmm. the Oculus mobile app. So again, like we talked about the accessibilities there, um, powered by Facebook. Yes. Um, unlock your PC power, play the best of both worlds with Oculus link, um, a high speed fiber optic cable that connects your, your compatible gaming PC to our all in one Oculus, uh, quest headset, um, which is pretty cool. And then if you get to the bottom, um, of the website page, you get to see what's included and you get a big picture. Um, so what you get is obviously the VR headset. Um, you get two touch controllers. You get a charging cable. You get two AA batteries, um, a power adapter, and the glasses spacer. Um, so, you know, a nice, neat little package all for, you know, $300 um, at the moment before you start, you know, adding on to it. Um, so yeah, it really, it looks like they're trying to be very accessible. looks like they're trying to be, you know, convenient money wise. It's not, you know, 600, $700. Um, they give you all the features there for you to, you know, play for a while. You got the charging and the, you know, the batteries. Um, and then obviously, you know, for those, um, looking for a little bit more than just the standard stuff, um, you can upgrade the storage. It's a pretty massive upgrade. You can either, go with the standard 64 gigabytes or you can also do 256 gigabytes which is massive um you can also get the quest 2 elite strap which is which uh the description says up your game with enhanced comfort the fit wheel quickly adjusts to increase balance and support um so you know for times when you're on your vr for a while um you know you have some more options you also have the Quest 2 Elite Strap with battery pack and carrying case. So you can add more playtime and ergonomic support with a built-in battery. Um, so, you know, the features there are there for the hardcore. And if you want to pour a lot of money um, into this, then you have the option to, you know. But, um, you know, for, for people like me who, you know, I wouldn't say I'm much of a VR gamer. I've played VR and I think it's fun. Um, more so in a party setting, at least for me. Um, I probably wouldn't play VR by myself. Um, but you know, the option is there. It's not going to break the bank. Um, it looks like it's going to be comfortable. Uh, hopefully I'm not sure if, you know, if people who get sick by VR, I don't know if they're developing any technologies that will help with that. Um, Hopefully the graphics are a little bit sharper. I know one of the things with VR is it's hard to get the graphics good. And when it's kind of fuzzy, um, sometimes it can make you feel a little sick as well. So I'm not sure if the technologies are there for that, but as far as sound, I mean, it's going to, you know, you're going to have audio coming in from all over the place with the 3d audio. Um, easy setup is another one that's big, you know, because a lot of people they'll get this and then, they don't want to sit and flip through, you know, a massive manual. Um, so from the looks of things, this looks pretty cool. Yeah. yeah so I'm just going to – I have a, a list up here of the different devices that are in the VR market right now. Uh, it ranges from the HP Reverb G2 to the HTC Vive uh, to the Value Index to the Quest 1 and then Quest 2. Um, I'll just uh, I'll actually start with the Quest Two. Uh, coming in at with a sixty-four gigabytes, it's starting at two ninety-nine. The the Quest One was at three ninety-nine for sixty-four gigabytes. Um, the value index uh, is so the Quest and the Quest Two are the only ones that have internal storage. Uh, and any RAM because the value index Vive and Cosmos and the HP Reverb uh, all have are all uh, PC um, 
VRs. So you had to be hooked up to a PC. Pixels, um, per eye, have been upgraded from 1440 by 1600 to 1832 by 1920. Uh, the, vi- the, the value is value index is 1440 by 1600. The Vive is 1440 by 1700. And the reverb is 2160 by 2160. So that puts the Quest at not only are so far at best price, but at second best graphics at half the price of, of the one above it. Uh, the screen refresh rate is at 72 hertz at launch, same as the Quest. Um, 90 hertz is to come. So, you know, once again, added out doing the original. Uh, the value is 80 to 144 hertz. Uh, and then the Vive and the Reverb are at 90 hertz. So, even that, it's still coming in at second. Uh, the weight of it is definitely the, the lowest coming in at 503 grams, Quest 1 at 571, the value at 809, Vive at 645, and the Reverb at 550. Uh, tracking is internal cameras on both the first and the second uh, Quest. External Steam VR towers for the value index, internal cameras and Steam VR with upgrade on the Vive and internal cameras on the Reverb. Uh, battery capacity is only applicable to the Quest 2 and the Quest 1, they both boast two to three hours. Um, the next couple categories are going to be uh, not applicable to value index, the Vive, and the Reverb because uh, they are PC-based. Uh, uh, the processor in the Quest 1 uh, was a Qualcomm Snapdragon 835. Uh, 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 and the new one, it's Qualcomm Snapdragon XR2. The RAM in the first one was uh, coming in at four gigabytes. The RAM in the two, uh, Quest 2 was coming in at six gigabytes. Uh, Quest 1 storage, you had the option of 64 or 128 gigabytes, whereas the Quest 2 has 64 and 256, um, which honestly, the 256 is a steal compared to coming at 399 compared to Quest 1 at 399 with only 64 gigabytes. Um, and the colors uh, is Quest coming in at white, or Quest 2 coming in at white, Quest 1 at black, value index at black, Vive uh, coming in at turquoise, and the reverb in black. Uh, Facebook required is, it says yes, request to, uh, I mean, I think that will be remain to be seen. Then um, they're all no for the rest of them. And then controller charging. The Quest 2 and the Quest 1 both take uh, two AA batteries. Uh, the value index has rechargeable controllers. The Vive is four AA's and the Reverb is also four AA's. Um, I mean, the Quest 2, even at 64 gigabytes, you know, I'm not, if I was to get one, I'm not looking at. Uh, uh, I mean, like, all that many games. My main games I'd be getting it for would be, like, Beat Saber and Vader Immortal. Um, and I think those are, like, each five gigabytes. So not not that much storage that I would probably need. Um, but, but, yeah, so that that's definitely uh, going to be an interesting thing because I know the Vi- or I know the Quest one was kind of revolutionary and that you could take it anywhere. You didn't need a PC. Um, I mean, it really just brought a new, a whole different style to the already cool VR setup. Um, and the Quest 2 is just improving on that. So it's even obviously even better. Um, and as someone who um, watches, uh, there's, a, there's a show um or i guess anime called sword art online and their kind of whole preference is uh they have what's called full dive which is um a, is a full vr experience where the headset actually um intercepts uh the receptors in your brain of what they're telling your body to do so that they actually do it in the game 
to like you're saying to yourself to scratch your nose if but if you have the headset on and you're in the game it will take that and this like do it so you're scratching your nose in game and not in real life it's a pretty cool concept uh and i mean seems like we're getting closer and closer to that every day or every time we have an update on vr which is pretty cool um but so anyways, so that's the that's I mean that's pretty much the long and the short of the quest uh quest two. Um I mean neither of us have owned the quest one uh or any VR for that matter. Um but you know, quest two again coming in at two ninety nine, it's it's a good price for what it offers and and honestly I I'm I'm excited to see how it does. Um, but yeah, I, I think that's, uh, I think that's all we have on that topic. Um, do we want to get into our last topic or the other topic that I brought up, uh, or do we want to save that for, uh, for next week? About, uh, uh squad. Yeah. Um, it's up to you, honestly. Um, unless maybe next week we want to go more into the games aspect. This week we were mostly talking about the, um, you know, the hardware stuff. So if, you know, if next week, maybe you want to go more into the games, um, or we can do, I mean, it's up to, it's up to you. I I think, uh, I think next week we'll go more into the games because, uh, the game is due to launch on October 2nd and, uh, probably at the time of filming, the next episode will be the third or the fourth. So uh, that'll give us, we'll have some good, uh, maybe some good information on, uh, on, on it. So yeah, I think we'll leave it, we'll leave it there. Uh, thanks everyone for tuning in. Uh, Jamin, where can these lovely people find you? All right. Yeah. Lovely people. Thanks so much for listening. Uh, if you want to check me out on uh, YouTube, my name is the rewriter. Um, I rewrite, you know, stories I was disappointed by. I have a, you know, a Batman video, a halo video, a couple star Wars videos. Uh, I just put out a Spider-Man video today. So um, if any of that sounds interesting to you, if you like, if you like stories, Um, If you want to hear, you know, thoughts about games that, you know, were never made and kind of what I thought about them and um, what I kind of would have liked to have seen happen with them, um, you know, feel free to check out the channel. And if you like the content you see there, um, you know, feel free to subscribe. That would, that would mean a lot to me. All righty. Go ahead, go give Jamin a subscribe and a a like. Uh, And as for, for this episode of the podcast, This is the Game Boys signing out. Peace out, everyone. Peace out.